Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. Amen. So let's go to Genesis 20 verse 7 again. We're talking about the subject of prayer and healing. And uh, this is one thing that uh, occupies the minds of people. Uh, they pray when they are sick. And many times people pray and they still end up um, not being healed. Many die. And we always ask ourselves why. Well, there might be many reasons for it. Uh, sometimes we know the reason, sometimes we don't. But let's look at this. Uh, we'll get some insight here from Genesis 20 out to receive healing when we pray. Uh, Genesis 20 verse 7, Now therefore restore to man the, the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Then go to verse 17, it says, So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech. So there are two things here. Number one, this is the first time the word prayer is used in the whole Bible. It's the very first time. This word, this is the first incident. And we can see Abraham, he wasn't really praying for himself, praying for somebody else to get healed. It's very interesting. So it, it, it tells us also that we who are children of God, who know his covenant, just like Abraham knew that covenant with God, we should know it so well that we stay well. So that we help other people to receive their own healing. This is what Abraham is doing here. See now, doesn't mean that you've missed God if you're sick in your body. No, must not get under condemnation. I'm just telling you that this is something worth looking at. This is something we can look at. This is, it's, I think it reveals to us God's best. You know, there's good, better, and best. Uh, it reveals God's best. For everybody as a child of God he reveals the best but it's a progression the Christian walk is a it's a it's a it's a walk in progress uh, we don't get to God's best in a moment it's it's a growth process so we see here I believe this is illustrating God's plan for us as believers that we should know him so well that we stay well and then we are helping other people to receive their healing that's what Abraham is doing here Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his female servants, and they bore children. Uh, so he prayed for them. So that's the first time that word is used. The other word that is used here for the first time is the word prophet, and I've talked about it several times. I don't want to go back into it. But that is the first time, again, that word prophet is used. It's in connection with prayer. So prophecy is not just at foretelling events. You know, uh, these days we, we tend to think that the way we know a prophet is somebody who can, at the beginning of every year, who tells you this one will die, this one will be alive, this one will be involved in the car crash. That's how we know prophets. No. <laughs> no. The, the first time we see that word prophets, it's not even about foretelling. This man is, is using, is, 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 is using that, 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 uh, the power of prophecy 
to bring healing to somebody. So that's what thinking about. That's what studying. That's what looking at. You know, in an age where we think, well, uh, prophets are just people who can talk to about, who can tell you about your destiny. Uh, you know, what's going to happen? What's not? No. The, primarily, the first time we see that scripture used, this word used, prophet, was in connection with prayer and getting answers to prayer. But that is something that is worth looking at. Now let's look at that word. Uh, uh, prayer for a moment. We've, we've been looking at it. With The last time we talked about prayer as coming into agreement with God. Then we also looked at prayer as uh, praying according to God's willingness. You know, praying, knowing that uh, if, uh, if we pray according to his willingness, he hears us. I think that's First John. Let's go to First John. I believe it's chapter 5. First John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. How do we know he hears us? Because we ask according to his will. It's not because the answer to the prayer manifested that you know he heard you. Sometimes the answer to the prayer may not manifest immediately. But how do we know God heard us? He says when you pray according to his will. You see? That means you must establish the will of God before you pray. That's why Abraham was able to step in and help Abimelech. He knew God's will concerning the man's healing. That's why he was able to pray successfully for Abimelech. When he stepped in there, he knew that God was willing to heal the man. So he prayed and the man was able to receive his healing. He knew the willingness of God. Now, the word, uh, the, if you look at this scripture, First uh, John chapter 5, verse 14, if we know if, verse 14, now this is the confidence. This is the confidence. This is the confidence. Where is the confidence? This is it. This is it. So if you, if you pray like this, then you are confident. So this is my confidence in prayer. Not my how I feel. How do I know God will heal me of that condition? This is my confidence in prayer. If I ask for that healing, According to his will. How do I know that God is willing to heal me? Heal me? Well, you just read the scriptures. Take time to find that in the scriptures. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. Who went about doing good and healing all. Not some. All. So you know from that scripture that God wants everybody to be healed. So you can base your prayer on that. In a time of sickness. Every sick person. On the surface of this earth who is sick. God wants him to be well. Whether they are born again. Whether they are not born again. It's completely immaterial. The person that we are seeing Abraham praying for here was not, was not even a child of God at this point in time. Was not even in covenant with God. Was outside of that covenant. And Abraham prayed for him and he was healed. And if you read, if you list, if you read the account of the book of Acts, many of the people that the apostles prayed for, they didn't even know Jesus. They were just people, unbelievers. Yet they were using healing to, to advertise the gospel. Everybody on the surface of this earth that is sick, God wants them to be sick. Whether they are in a hospital, bound with some kind of illness, whatever affliction afflicts them. God wants to heal them. Whatever sin they've committed. Well, we know that from the book of James. <laughs> he says, look at it, James 
So this is this is the reason why people don't get healed because when you pray for them and when they go to God in prayer, the enemy comes and whispers into their mind and make them to think, well, God's not going to heal you. You've done this wrong. You've done that wrong. You've done this wrong. No. God wants everybody to be healed. John chapter, James chapter 5, verse 15. Verse 14. Let's read from verse 14. If anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. You see? It addresses that issue right there. They say God is not going to even hold his sins against them. And God wants everybody on this, everybody in this world, every human being, no matter where they are, whether they're in Russia, China, wherever they are, whether they're in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, anywhere, wherever they are, whatever their religion is, God wants them to be well. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God wants them to be well. God wants them to be healed. God hates sickness, as simple as that. He doesn't want anybody sick. Get healed, and later you can now you can decide, okay, I want to know Jesus as my Lord. That's fine. That's the reason why God uses healing to advertise the gospel. People come to know the goodness of God. Even when he heals them, when they are still in their sin, he heals them. They say, wow, how good God is. God is so loving. He, care, he healed me even before I confessed my sins. He healed my body. Then you can say, wow, I want to receive him as my Lord. I want to receive Jesus. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. That's one way God demonstrates his goodness to sinners. He heals them free of charge. When he gets them healed, he say, wow, he's such a good God. I've not even re re repented. <laughs> he has healed me. Oh, I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. God wants everybody well. So now, he says if we pray according, that's how we know he's willing. From the scriptures. If we pray according to his will. Now, the Aramaic translation says his willingness. If we pray according to his willingness, we know his willingness to heal us. And then he will hear us. How do we establish God's willingness to heal? To heal? In the scriptures. If you pray in ignorance of his willingness, then you will not receive the answer to your prayer. If you don't take time to establish God's willingness, then you are praying in ignorance. And that very ignorance itself will rob you of the answer to your prayer. That's what robs people of the answer to their prayer. They don't take the time to establish God's willingness before they go to God and pray. Now, I want us to look at that word prayer quickly. Well, we are still looking at it. I want to look at it in a little bit more depth. Uh, one thing people don't understand is that prayer also involves your thoughts. You can be praying, and if your mind is not, if you don't allow your mind to come into agreement with the answer to your prayer, in other words, you must get to a point where you hold the answer to your prayer in your mind continually. Then, that will, your mind will begin to cooperate with you to bring forth the answer to your prayer. If you are praying about anything and your mind is still filled with the problem, your mind will defeat you in prayer. You see? Okay? So let's look at that. I want us to go look at that word prayer. Remember I said that word prayer 
means to bring two people, two contending parties, bring them into agreement. It means to bring people together. It means to bring people into agreement or to bring come into agreement with God. So what is prayer? I'm coming into agreement with God. I'm coming to a place where I cooperate with God to bring to, to resolve the issues of my life. That's what prayer is. Prayer is cooperating with God so that your the issues of your life can be resolved. Everybody has issues, isn't it? Like the woman with the issue of blood. How did God resolve that issue for her? She had to cooperate. Prayer is cooperating with God so that the issues of our life can be resolved. Not just talking to God about the problem. We need to be able to agree with Him. Cooperate with Him so that He can resolve the problem for us. And in this particular case, we are talking about, uh, about, uh, about healing. The problem is sickness and disease. So we cooperate with God so that His healing power can work in our bodies and bring forth healing in our physical bodies. See? That's prayer. Now, our thoughts are also involved in prayers. Our thoughts are also involved in prayer. Now, let's look at this word. You remember I said that word, the, Greek, the Hebrew word for prayer, pilal, P-E-L-A-L, means agreement. That word also means our thoughts, also deals with our thoughts. For example, if we go to uh, Genesis 48, verse 11, if we look at Genesis 48, verse 11, So Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Sorry, now I'm reading from verse 47, 48, sorry. Verse 11. It says, And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has shown me your offspring. I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has shown me your offspring. I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has also shown me your offspring. In other words, I never even thought I would see you again. But here am I, I'm even seeing your children. God has done exceedingly abundant beyond even what I could think. That's what he's saying. Now, that word thought there is the same Hebrew word we are dealing with, pilal. You see? So that's the word that's translated prayer. And is referring, is using it in connection with your thought. That tells you that your thought life is involved in prayer. That's what most people don't understand. They think that prayer is just really not words to God. Bombarding the gates of heaven. Well, the gates of heaven are not closed. You only bombard something that is closed. The gates of heaven are not closed to the believer. But you see, they think you have to break down the gates of heaven to receive. No, you don't bombard heaven in prayer. You bombard the forces of darkness in prayer. That's what Paul tells us. We war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The bombardment of prayer is against the forces of darkness. It's not against heaven. And so people think that heaven is like we have to break down some barrier in heaven for God to hear us. No, Jesus already made it possible for every one of us to have free access into the presence of God. You see, so prayer is not just really not words to God, talking, 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 talking. Like Jesus said, be not like the unbeliever. Do not be like the pagans or the Gentiles when you pray. For they think that they shall be heard with much speaking. 
No. Prayer is cooperating with God. And we can see this word used here in Genesis 48 in, with, in connection with your thoughts. So your thoughts are also involved in prayer. Now this word, uh, you see, Jacob is talking to Joseph there. He said, I didn't think that I was going to see even your children. I didn't think I would see your children. But here I am. Sorry, I didn't think I would ever see you again. I thought you were dead and out of existence. I never thought, it never crossed my mind that I would ever see you. But here am I with you. I'm seeing your wife. I'm seeing you. I'm seeing you as king of, 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 of Egypt. You are the prime minister of Egypt. And I can even see your children. So he's talking about God who is doing for him exceedingly abundantly above all that he could think. So you see, thoughts are involved in prayer there. So that word thought there is used in the sense of expectation. That's what Abraham is saying. I did not expect that I would ever see you alive. Thought less of talk, seeing your children. But here I am seeing you as king, as prime minister of Egypt, and I can see your household, I see your wife, I see your children. Wow, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can think. So that word thought there is being used in the sense of expectation. So when you pray, you have to have expectation. Expectation of what? The answer to your prayer. That word also means your imagination. That's what have, it also means your imagination. What Abraham, uh, uh, Jacob was telling Isaac, uh, sorry, telling jo Joseph there is that I did not even imagine in my wildest imagination, it didn't cross my mind that I will ever see you alive again. So that word means your imagination. So your expectations and your imaginations are involved in prayer. When you pray, you must expect the healing to manifest and you must imagine. Your imagination must capture you healed. You must have your mind, the canvas of your mind, pictures of yourself well, must fill your imagination. That's the reason why many don't get their healing. They pray, but their mind and their imagination is still filled with the problems. They still see themselves having that problem. Let's go to Philippians 4, 6-9. So I've, I, I'm telling you now, defining that word pilar, which is used as prayer, there, as your thoughts, your imagination, and your expectations. Those three are involved in your prayers. So to pray then means your thoughts, processes, your imagination, and your expectation is in line with the will of God. It's in line with the word of God. It's in line with what you are praying for. You can't be praying for healing and still be expecting yourself to die of that sickness. You expect the condition to get worse. You expect the condition to deteriorate. You expect and you are still seeing yourself. Your mind is still playing pictures of yourself over and over again, still bound with that condition. That very thought pattern is defeating your prayer. When you pray, fill your pictures, sorry, fill your mind with pictures of yourself well. See yourself well. Look at that condition and see yourself without that condition. Now let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Let's end there at Philippians 4. I see how Paul, the Apostle Paul, used that concept in teaching on prayer. 
verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Now, many times we read this verse on prayer and we end just in verse 7. We fail to realize that verses 8, 9 are also part of what he's talking about. See, the Apostle Paul did not write in, uh, he didn't write in chapters and verses. He just wrote a book. You see. So it's, it's us it's human beings, or let's say, it's, it was later that people that translated and copied the Bible, that now broke it down for the purpose of references into chapters and verses. You see? So, if you read Philippians chapter 4, 6, 7, you must also include verse 8. It's also talking about it. Prayer. It's still dealing with the subject of prayer there. So I'll read it again. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Finally, this word finally means more importantly, I've reserved even the most important part for the last. The finally means, this is, this, don't forget this aspect. This one is so important that I've even reserved it for the. This is the one you must carry in your mind at all times. That's what he's telling. He's trying to tell you this is the, this is the big one. You see what he's trying to tell you is very important. That's why he says, finally, no, not to forget this. Don't forget this aspect. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. So he's, he's talking about true things. Whatever things are noble. Whatever things are just. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see, he's telling you the key to the answers to your prayer. He's saying, when you have prayed, don't forget this, this aspect. Forget, don't allow. He says, do not continue to carry the image of the problem in your mind. Don't let that thing, that problem that you've prayed about, that situation that you have prayed about, that circumstance that you have prayed about, that sickness that you are dealing with, don't let the pictures of that thing fill your mind. That's why he says, this is the big one. This is the one that can defeat you in prayer. When after you pray, you still carrying the problems and it's still playing over and over and over and over again, then it will cancel your prayer life. That's why he says, finally, so we're talking about praying for your healing now. When you're praying for your healing, remember, fill your mind with the answers to your prayer. Paint pictures of yourself on the canvas of your imagination of yourself fully well. See yourself doing what you could never do before. Play that over and over again in your imagination. See yourself out of that bed of affliction, going about your business, doing what you have never done before. See yourself doing what that sickness has been keeping you from doing. Just keep playing that picture in your mind over and over again. It says, it says, whatever things are true. So if it's not true, don't think about it. Whatever things are noble. If it's not noble, don't think about it. Whatever things are just. If it's not just, don't think about it. Whatever things are pure. If it's not pure, don't think about it. Whatever things are lovely. If it's not lovely, don't think about it. Whatever things are of good report. A good report means you are healed. That's a good report. That's a report. You want to share that testimony with people all over the place? That's a good report. If it's a bad report, don't think about it. Good report means, I was sick, now I'm well. 
I was sick, now God has healed my body. I was sick, now I'm supernaturally well. I was afflicted in my mind, now I have soundness of mind. My mind is sound, my mind is functioning properly. You see, that's what he's talking about. And you can extend that principle to every other area of your life. He's telling us, once you pray, do not allow the picture and the thoughts and the imagination of that problem to fill your mind. Carry a picture of yourself fully well. Say, how has that picture come to pass? Well, leave that to God. Your job is to see, play pictures of yourself over and over again in your mind fully well. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc at a better covenant dot o r g